five, four, three, two, one. Hello, party people. Welcome to episode 27 of One Man Watchpoint and Overwatch podcast. This is, of course, a podcast where we talk about everything going on in the wonderful world of Overwatch. I'm your host at Sir Dr. JM. You can, of course, find me on Twitter and Instagram at Sir DRJM. And if you give me a follow there, reach out to me or anything like that, I'd love to interact with you um, over there, but also on the show. You know, if you have questions, if you have suggestions, if you have anything you'd like me to talk about or anything like that, reach out to me there. And uh, hopefully I'll be able to uh, bring it onto the show. I'm not saying I'll bring everything, but hey, if you've got something good, then I will definitely talk about it. You can, of course, find this podcast on all your favorite podcast services, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, etc., etc. So give us a follow, leave us a review, tell your friends, all that fun stuff. And of course, if you leave a review, I'm uh, likely to read it out on the show as well. Now, I did want to shout out the Ready, Set, Pwn podcast. Of course, we talked last week about your premier source for everything Vancouver Titans and Toronto Defiant. In their latest episode, they were uh, kind enough to invite me on to talk about all things Vancouver Titans and a little bit Toronto Defiant. Um, So definitely go give them a listen, give them a like, give them a follow. They've got a great community, and I am happy to be a part of it. Now, as for this podcast... Today, we're going to actually change up the format of things a little bit. Um, I've just been finding there isn't really uh, enough to talk about news-wise if I want to have a news segment and then an entire segment dedicated to um, tracking trades, retirements, movement in the Overwatch League and everything. So I'm actually just going to integrate a bunch of that stuff into the news. I'll read um, you know, a couple choice selections of information on trades and things like that as the news and then i'll still go into the owl trade tracker uh, section where i will talk about all the rest of the movement that may not have had an actual article that i pulled um, or i may have just not known too much about it so i didn't bother bringing up an article reading an article that kind of thing but i want to shout it out nonetheless so we will uh, talk about all of the movement in the news and then of course we'll go into the owl trade tracker for probably a more brief but still Uh, exciting look at all the rest of the movement that is ongoing. So without further ado, let's dive on into episode 27. There's no stopping me. All right. Our first story here I want to read is from DottieSports.com, posted by Liz Richardson. And it reads a little something like this. Happy joins the Houston Outlaws. Another talented sniper is making his way to the Lone Star State. The Houston Outlaws signed DPS Lee Happy Jungwoo, formerly of the Guangzhou Charge, today. This is the second edition the Outlaws have announced this week after being relatively quiet during the Overwatch League offseason. They've then got the twote announced... The twote. Wow. What is a twote? Man, that was that was good. I was going to say quote, but then I was going to say tweet, so I digress. I said twote. They've then got the tweet embedded in the article which reads from the Houston Outlaws at Outlaws. Think our fans will be quite happy about this one. Welcome to the Outlaws at OWHappy2 exclamation mark hashtag anti up star pending league approval. Um, I haven't actually said it here. I hate how they do the star pending league approval thing. Um, I really, it's it strikes me as a very kind of legal, legalese kind of like, well, duh. Like, yeah, of course the league has to approve it. Um, you know, it's it's not like they can just 
hey, this player's going here and this player's going here. Like it is a professional league. So I feel like it's obvious. Maybe it's because in esports that kind of thing is common. I'm not actually aware, but I digress. I hate, I just hate how all of these, these tweets have that star pending league approval flag on them. Anyways, I digress. They've then got a picture of Happy uh, in the Outlaws uh, black and green colors um, in the white jersey there. Continuing with the article, known for his hit scan prowess, Happy was a clutch player for the Guangzhou Charge in his two years on the team. His Widowmaker in particular has been the downfall of many backlines in the Asia-Pacific region. Before joining the Overwatch League in 2018, Happy played for Overwatch Contenders Korea teams like Element Mystic, Blossom, and Metabellum. Happy joins a growing Houston Outlaws roster anchored by longtime Flex DPS Dante well, Dante Dante Cruz, Flex Support William Crimzo Hernandez, is the only other confirmed sp- signing for the 2021 Outlaws roster, but DPS-turned-main tank João Pedro Hydration Goez-Telez appears likely to return next year. Most of Houston's 2020 squad exited the team after the season ended and entered free agency. Earlier in the offseason, the Outlaws added former San Francisco Shock assistant coach Jay Junkbuck Choi as a co-head coach and promoted former player Matt Coolmat Iorio to general manager. Despite Coolmat hinting that the Outlaws would be skewing toward a roster of Western players, Happy's addition shows that the team may be open to a mixed roster. So, interesting one there, um, in large part because, as the article mentions there, we have not heard a ton from the Houston Outlaws. Um, you know, I think early in the offseason, we did hear about Coolmat, and we also, of course, heard about Junkbuck leaving the San Francisco Shock, and that was definitely pretty surprising. Um, you know, I, I don't know that anyone necessarily would have pegged that as happening, but certainly there's some pedigree there with Junkbook joining uh, Harsha in the Outlaws organization. Um, Harsha, of course, formerly of the uh, championship team, the Vancouver Titans. Um, so definitely an interesting one there. And then, of course, last week we talked about Crimzo heading over to Houston, leaving Dallas, which, again, a little bit surprising, although that one was a little more... Uh, I don't know if it was heavily rumored, but certainly rumored to be happening. So a little bit less of a, a shock there, if you will. But nonetheless, uh, exciting to see Houston announcing some things because, like I say, we hadn't heard a ton, especially player-wise, outside of uh, outside of those few things I mentioned. So good for happy um, and exciting. Again, you know, I, I've talked before. I like seeing these kind of international trades that aren't necessarily, uh, you know, North American team to North American team. I like seeing some of the uh, APAC region players coming over here and as well some of the North American region players going uh, over to the APAC region. So there you have it. That's that. Next up is an article from Samuel O'Dwyer on .esports.com and it reads like this. Seoul Dynasty parts ways with Toby. And then he's got his byline here on this article as the last remaining founding member of the team has now left. The final vestiges of Lunatic High completely disappeared from the Seoul Dynasty today. The organization decided to move on from the last remaining founding member of the Overwatch League team, main support Yang Toby Jinmo. And side note, I should mention, I'm reading these starting in the past. So I start with uh, sort of the 
uh, day after my previous episode posts, and then I go up to the more recent announcements. So that's why this article reads as today, and this was in fact announced November 27th, which was last week on Friday. Anyways, continuing with the article. Overwatch Esports can count its number of true legends on perhaps just two hands, and the fact that a majority of these ten fingers can be, without question, assigned to players from the 2016-2017 iteration of Lunatic High speaks volumes to just how dominant they were in-game and how influential they were outside of competition. They've then got the tweet embedded. You see, I did it properly there. Um, from the Soul Dynasty, which uh, tags Toby as well as has a nice farewell to him, of course, in both English and Korean. Toby has only played for two teams in his nearly five-year career, Lunatic High and Soul Dynasty. During that time, he's accrued multiple titles, most notably two Overwatch Apex Championships, an Overwatch World Cup in 2017, and the OGN Soul Cup. Most recently, Toby helped the Seoul Dynasty finish in second place in the Overwatch League, losing to the San Francisco Shock in the 2020 Grand Finals. The 26-year-old has an impressive resume. As the original bloodthirsty Lucio who's donned the nickname Boop God, thanks to his innate knack for finding environmental kills with the hero, Toby should without a doubt be considered a legend of the game. Quote, a founding member of the team, Toby has seen the Soul Dynasty through all of its victories as well as all of its defeats and is the very embodiment of the Soul Dynasty's identity as a team. And quote, the organization said, quote, We wish him nothing but the best as he continues his career as one of the most illustrious players of the Overwatch League. End quote. For fans worried that Toby might opt to join his many former teammates and friends from Lunatic High in retiring from Overwatch to pursue other games like PUBG or Valorant, the above excerpt from his farewell post does specifically say he'll, quote, continue his career, end quote, as a player in the Overwatch League. Perhaps we could see the Boop God return to terrorize unassuming backlines once more in the upcoming season of the League with a different squad. So there you have it. Um, that's the... Uh, the goodbye summarized, uh, the goodbye from Soul Dynasty to Toby summarized in that article there. And uh, I wanted to bring this one up because, as they mentioned, there's a lot of history with the league and with Toby there. Um, he's definitely one of the OGs, one of the uh, up there with a lot of the um, New York Excelsior team that we talked about last week, parting ways, up there with a lot of the uh, um, former runaways um, that we saw in Vancouver, as well as um, some of the other sort of OGs that we've seen come and go, uh, especially this season and this off season. So farewell to Toby. Uh, sad to see him go and especially especially sad for, I think, Soul fans being that he's been with them for so long. And certainly Soul was or, or has been an exciting team to follow their their ups and downs, especially obviously with their uh, their run to the grand finals in this past uh, grand finals season. So there it is with Toby. Next up, uh, another article from .esports.com. This one by Liz Richardson again. San Francisco Shock re-signed Super for 2021. The Overwatch League's most, quote, creative main tank will be staying in the bay. The San Francisco Shock is retaining Matthew Superdelisi for the 2021 season, the team announced today. Over the past week, the Shock confirmed that much of the team's championship roster will be returning next year. In late 2017, Super was signed to the San Francisco Shock alongside former DPS Jay Sinatra Wan, despite the fact that neither were of age to play in the Overwatch League. 
In April of the league's inaugural season, he hit the stage. Super was a part of the San Francisco Shocks championship roster in both 2019 and 2020. Tweet embedded there. Shock fans have been sweating it out since the Overwatch League contract status update revealed that Super's contract was expiring this year and he'd technically be a free agent. Offstage, Super has become a de facto representation of the league, appearing on The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon, and developing a dedicated following of fans, most of whom support the Shock. Most of San Francisco's 2020 championship roster will be coming back next year. The team confirmed that Flex Support Park Violet Min Key is returning on November 25th. The Shock scared oh, the Shock scared fans with a faux goodbye post to DPS Quan, striker Namju, off-tank Choi Choi Obin Hyobin, and main tank Yu Surf Myoung Hwan. I thought, man, I thought I was doing so well nailing those names that I truly am awful at pronouncing. Um, and, and then they threw Smurf at me, so... All three will be returning in 2021, though. Next year, the San Francisco roster will be missing main support Grant Moth Espe, who's headed, headed to the Los Angeles Gladiators, and DPS Kim Rascal Dongjun, who's still a free agent. Eyes emoji there. Um, so anyways, wanted to bring that up because I think that was one of the, you know, one of the question marks of the league, especially one of the question marks for San Francisco Shock fans. Um it was definitely a little bit of a, an eyebrow raise at them, whether or not they were going to re-sign Super. I'd imagine they they worked out some interesting contract details around him. And given that uh, currently their their tank line now consists of Super Choi, uh, Choi Oban, sorry, and Smurf, um, it's definitely a bit of an interesting tank line. I, I would assume that we'll probably see a lot of Smurf and a lot of Choi Oban. However, at the same time, um, I mean, as they did last season, they'll likely keep Super for some of those more specialized tank roles. Um, obviously, he, and when I say specialized, I mean just, uh, he, he, I don't think he has as wide of a hero pool as necessarily Choi Oban and Smurf. Um, Smurf, in particular, you know, usually rises to the occasion on any main tank, and uh, Choi definitely steps up. Uh, when it comes to the Sigma and a few other tanks. Whereas I think uh, Super, obviously, as we've seen, kind of specializes in Reinhardt, obviously. Any any fan of his will know his Reinhardt play. And then he really stepped up when it came to the, the Roadhog play as well in this past uh, Grand Finals and uh, the sort of strange meta that we saw there. So I think they'll they'll kind of they're hanging on to him for a couple of those little things. And certainly um, I'm sure he'd be... Uh, very excited and a great candidate um, to be on the roster if they do manage to pull off that three-peat. So exciting to see Super coming back. Um, I've definitely grown to like Super. There was a while there where I wasn't a fan of, you know, a few Shock members and I wasn't wasn't a fan of a few people in the league. And since starting to follow them and everything, I've kind of become more of a fan. So Super is certainly one of them. Moving on from there, um, another article from .esports.com. This time again by Liz Richardson. I should also mention that I've pulled a lot of articles from .esports.com because usually I start there. I go through the articles, I pull what I want, and then I look at some other sources. And oftentimes I find similar or the same articles. And sometimes I'll pick those ones over .esports.com. However, I like the kind of style and uh, voice that .esports.com has. So, in fact, all of the stories I'm actually going to read from for the first part here are from .esports.com. I digress. Liz Richardson. Sabi Olby Anonimo joins Seoul Dynasty. <clears throat> After a second place finish in the 2020 Overwatch League season, the Seoul Dynasty is gearing up for a gold medal run next year. 
Late on November 29th, the team announced that former New York Excelsior players Sabioli and Animo will be joining the 2021 roster. The acquisition of two veteran players is a huge boon for the dynasty. Both Sabioli and Animo were dropped by the New York Excelsior earlier this month. As a DPS specialist, the team and team captain, Sabioli acted as the New York Excelsior's grounding force. Main sport Animo was a steadfast and cautious player, rarely in the kill feed, but always healing up his teammates. For longtime fans of the Excelsior, the loss of multiple founding members of the team was heartbreaking, especially as rumors of retirement swirled. The Seoul Dynasty, however, obviously had different plans for the two players. Quote, we believe Sabiolbi will be able to provide guidance and stability as a leader within the team, end quote, the Dynasty said in a Twitter announcement. As for Animo, the team said he has, quote, proven to be a consistent and reliable support player with the ability to expertly adapt to his team's needs, end quote. Sabiolbi and Animo join fellow Overwatch League veterans Profit and Gesture on the Seoul Dynasty. The two new additions are also the first player signings for the Dynasty during the offseason. So we heard last week about uh, New York dropping these players, New York gutting their team in a lot of ways. Um, but this time around, we're hearing about uh, two of those main players coming over to the Seoul Dynasty. And obviously, I just talked a little bit about Seoul and sort of a lot of the legacy they have. And it's really interesting to, you know, see these players going from a team like New York, who in a lot of ways uh, has some of that that similar kind of uh, inaugural season, I don't know, hype behind them. And although they obviously also haven't experienced a ton of success. I would say New York has experienced more, but never quite was able to um, uh, deliver on the promise that they had and, and obviously never won a grand final or a championship or anything like that. Um, still very exciting and very interesting to see that move from New York to Seoul. Um, I think New York had a very sort of defined play style that you could really see these, these past few seasons. Um, and I, I don't know how or why, but they really kind of managed to maintain that sort of style, a, a style of a more passive, um, you know, not, not in a bad way, but a less, less directly engaging sort of fast paced team. Um, and they really managed to maintain that through almost all metas and everything, which is kind of interesting because in a lot of ways, the, the pace of the game often, um, is dictated by the meta, right? If you have something like a double shield meta, it makes things a lot less fast paced. If you obviously have goats, again, very similar kind of thing. You're you're really playing chicken, um, hoping to to catch someone on a poke or something like that, and you know change the tide of a battle in your favor with that first kill kind of thing. So it's interesting to see that you know more than one player going from the former New York Excelsior over to the Seoul Dynasty in this way, because it does beg the question, well, are they going to carry that play style over? Now, it's hard to say, obviously, how much of that play style was, you know, directly a result of the players, the team, um, or the other side of it, which could be the coaching staff, right? So it'll be interesting to see what this really means for the Seoul Dynasty. Um, but at least uh, fans of the former New York Excelsior players, Sabiolbi and Animo, at least they get to uh, once again see their their players, their people take the stage. So moving on from there, we're going to look at Samuel O'Dwyer again with .esports.com in an article called Guangzhou Charge adds former Owl players Neko and Damon to the team as coaches. Overwatch League teams are 
undergoing dramatic roster upheavals during this offseason, and the Guangzhou Charge is one of the teams leading the frenzy. The Charge signed former Overwatch League player Neko and Damon last night, this time as assistant coaches. Neko and Damon will bring a wealth of experience to the team. They both started their careers during the OGN Apex era of Overwatch Esports and went on to Contenders and eventually the Overwatch League. Damon has had an interesting journey to make it to where he is today. He played Contenders in three different regions after being drafted to the infamous Shanghai Dragons team that went 0-40 in the inaugural Overwatch League season. Most recently, he was coaching for Korean Contenders squad Element Mystic. Neko is also an interesting character in Overwatch history. The player came into the league without all that much experience, but had a fantastic debut season with the Boston Uprising that put him toward the top of the best flex supports in the game. But following some drama with the team that ultimately ended with him calling the team's GM a, quote, bastard, Neko was sold to the Toronto Defiant. After a poor season with the Defiant, he went back to Korean contenders where he helped carry his team to a surprising title win, beating out favorites Runaway. Together, these two players have been everywhere in the scene. Through all the drama, trades, highs, and lows, Neko and Damon will likely bring strong game knowledge and experience in managing relationships to this team. The Guangzhou Charge now has four coaches under contract for the upcoming 2021 season. So, uh, interesting one there. Just, again, we're talking a lot of history, but as you can see, a lot of these players have bounced around. Um, well, I mean, in this case, these players have bounced around, whereas... Some of the other players obviously were mainstays of certain teams and certain organizations. So this one, these ones have a legacy in a sort of different way, but nonetheless, um, exciting to see these players being added to the uh, organizational side of things, you know, rather than a player standpoint. And as the, the whatever it's called, byline, subline of this article reads from Sam, if worse comes to worse, the charge now has some kick-ass substitutes on the bench who can compete with the best. Um, and one other thing I wanted to mention with, with these two in particular, um, the, the ending there, the Guangzhou Charge now have four coaches under contract for the upcoming 2021 season. That's certainly an interesting one. I'm not too sure if uh, Samuel O'Dwyer, the, the author of this article, is hinting at maybe there are some cuts to come, or if perhaps he's just pointing that out as a, uh, you know, I just wanted to bring attention to this kind of thing. If it is the latter, that's interesting for the simple fact of uh, I think you see a clear picture of what they're doing. Um, likely they would have one one person or one coach sort of manning each role. So you've got a coach of the tank role, a coach of the DPS role, and a coach of the support role. And then you've likely got a head coach who is kind of trying to, uh, you know, work together with all of the other head coaches and all of the players to uh, really create that team synergy. So... I digress. Um, I just kind of wanted to point that out because I find that interesting. I find the structure and the organizational side of, of how these organizations are set up uh, very interesting and sort of some of the differences between what we see from team to team. Next article is from Liz Richardson again and reads like this. San Francisco Shock picks up DPS Nero. So again, we're going to talk a little bit more of the Guangzhou charge here. The San Francisco Shock has decided that more damage equals fewer problems. The team announced the surprising pickup of Flex DPS Nero today, completing a dangerous damage lineup for the 2021 Overwatch League season. Nero is the second new player added to the Shock during the offseason alongside main support FD God. 
For the past two years in the Overwatch League, Nero has been a clutch DPS player for the Guangzhou Charge. During the team's first season, he was a reliable flex alongside the team's hit-scan standouts. But Nero was seen less often in Guangzhou's starting roster in 2020 due to visa issues among the COVID-19 pandemic. Before playing in the Overwatch League, Nero was a part of Toronto Esports. As a part of the shock, Nero effectively takes place of former Flex Roskell, sorry, Roskell, Rascal, who was released into free agency last month. Striker, the 2020 Grand Finals MVP, was confirmed to be returning to the shock last week, while fellow Flex DPS Teo and Hitscan Ons have yet to be formally confirmed by the team, but seem likely to return in 2021. In 2020, the San Francisco Shock completed the Overwatch League's first repeat Grand Finals win, defeating the Seoul Dynasty in a 4-2 series. So again, this one just kind of fits a little bit with the theme of today, which mostly has been looking at the Seoul Dynasty, the San Francisco Shock, and the Guangzhou Charge. Um, but nonetheless, an exciting pickup for the San Francisco Shock, and uh, certainly San Francisco, as uh, Liz Richardson points out there, bolstering their support line or not support sorry their damage lineup um they've now got a crazy amount of people um signed for damage and it, it is very interesting because i think there was there was certainly some talk this this off season or towards the beginning of this off season towards the end of the actual season about how many players uh rosters would have and you know, in a lot of ways, talking about the COVID-19 pandemic and the thinking that a lot of teams were probably going to be looking at nine-man rosters. Um, obviously, nine-man rosters meaning, you know, you've got six uh, main sort of six A-line, A I guess, players. You've got your main line of six players, and then you've got one backup for each role. Now, obviously, as you get into higher ranks of the Overwatch League and or of Overwatch play and everything, you typically see those roles broken out into flex and main for each role. So, you know, flex support, main support, flex tank, off tank, I sorry, main tank, off tank, that kind of thing. Um, so certainly it's not unheard of to see more than just two players in any role on a roster. However, the shock are just stacking up the damage players there. So that is very exciting to see for them. And certainly, I mean, I think a lot of fans, or there are a lot of fans of Nero who will be happy to see him coming to the current uh, two-time champions. Now, that is all I have to talk about in the news segment of our show. Um, so I think from here, what we will do is we will move into the Owl Trade Tracker. Excuse me for dropping in. All right, so as I bring up my trade tracker here, um, I wanted to point out that I usually start with just a recap of what I think is the previous day that I spoke about on my last episode. Um, so I'll mention these signings, but I won't talk too, too much about them. If you'd like to hear that, go check out episode 26 of One Man Watchpoint. But it looks like we will start with, uh, I believe, November 24th here. Um, so it first reads, Houston Outlaws signed Flex Support Crimzo. Then we had Toronto Defiant signing Off Tank Michelle. And finally, the Shanghai Dragons adding Flex Support Molly to the roster. After that, on November 25th, which would have been last Wednesday, the Houston Outlaws added DPS Happy to their roster, who, of course, we talked about earlier in the news segment. 
Um, looks like pretty quiet day on the 25th. So the next item is on the 26th. Is 26th, sorry. The Chengdu Hunters add main tank. Uh, I want to say Gaga. Could be Gaia. I'm, I'm not truly sure. Um, it's spelled G-A-9-A. Um, and flex support far away 1987 both will play for team cc in the contenders gauntlet so that one's kind of interesting um, obviously bringing a few players up from what i'm guessing is contenders korea um, i'm just looking on uh, chengdu's social media there not seeing a ton of information there but hey that's interesting nonetheless um i have heard again i don't follow contenders really at all i mostly just hear things secondhand and then recycle them um but i have heard that 1987 is a little bit cracked and uh in a lot of ways maybe a little underrated so hopefully he can bring some stability to uh chengdu i think chengdu was an interesting team this past season um in a lot of ways they kind of became a meme just because it seemed like the only way they would win was by running these really strange comps and kind of just surprising the other team and catching them off guard if they weren't prepared. Um, I don't know that they had anything of a serious season last season, but again, I'm not a Chengdu fan, so maybe others would disagree with me. I digress. That is November 26th. After that, on November 27th, we had the Seoul Dynasty parting ways with Toby, which of course we already discussed. We had the Shanghai Dragons parting ways with main tank Stand 1. Um, this one here, I've got their Twitter up, uh, the Shanghai Dragons. They said after friendly negotiations, Stand One has been released from his contract and is now a free agent. We thank him for everything he has done and wish him the best. So in that tank role, uh, certainly I think there's, um, I think there is some value in tanks right now. I think we've already seen a couple of the big names from contenders be signed and announced to teams and everything like that. Obviously we have, I believe it was Meg going to the Los Angeles Gladiators and he was certainly a big name coming up from contenders in the tank role. So I'm curious to see what a lot of teams that maybe don't necessarily have the best tank line right now do. And if uh, a, a player like Stan One, who obviously had a great season with Shanghai. Um, I'm interested to see if a player like him will get picked up. Moving on from there, still November 27th, former London Spitfire main tank JMac retires from professional play. Um, so again, here we've got a twit longer from JMac. Go ahead and search it out for him. Uh, search it out if you'd like to read it. He is at G. Uh, sorry, JungMac underscore OW. That is J E U N G. M-A-C underscore O-W on Twitter, and I'm sure you'll be able to find his retirement post. Oh, I closed the wrong tab, so let me reopen that. There we go. Moving on from there, November 29th, so quite day on the 28th, but on the 29th, Soul Dynasty adds DPS, Sabiolbi, and main support, Animo, to their roster. That one, of course, we already discussed. Big news for fans of the former New York Excelsior players, as well as fans of the Soul Dynasty. And then also on the 29th, the Guangzhou Charge added former player Neko and uh, Damon as assistant coaches, which, again, we also talked about there. Finally, on November 30th, the San Francisco Shock signed DPS Nero, who, again, we already talked about. Now, that's all I have on my Owl Trade Tracker here, but I know there have been some more recent signings that are not on that tracker, so I'm going to go ahead and pull those up next here. So this was just today, December 1st, 
Now here, I'm actually going to read a snippet from an article on dailyesports.gg posted by Michael Zarr. It reads like this, Vancouver Titans sign FRD Fire Linkser. After a long, quiet offseason for the Overwatch League team, it is Oh, it just announced three new players. The Vancouver Titans signed Nathan FRD Goble, Anthony Fire King, and Yuri Linkser Masalin. All three players were in the league last season, but entered free agency this offseason. Both FRD and Fire were formerly of the Atlanta Reign, and Linkser was formerly of the Houston Outlaws. Even though the Vancouver Titans are expected to sign more players, they have signed a DPS player, an off-tank, and a support to their roster. They then got the tweet embedded there from the Vancouver Titans account at Vancouver Titans, where they have a nice little announcement video uh, showing off the three players' highlight reels. Three in one. Having the guts to announce three players at once is admirable, especially three known ones. To start, let's go over the two former Atlanta Rain players, FRD and Fire. FRD was a longtime contenders player, most notably for Second Wind. However, at the start of the 2019 season, the Atlanta Rain acquired him to add some depth to their tank line. Primarily a D.Va player, FRD showed potential when played, but was rarely used in the 2020 season. Now, I just want to touch on some of that because I think that's definitely interesting there and definitely shows kind of what the Vancouver Titans organization is looking to do with FRD. Um, obviously, we saw KSA usually fulfilling that role of the the D.Va player, and uh, certainly I think KSA was uh, one of the players on the Vancouver Titans roster that a lot of people would have preferred or would have thought was going to get re-signed but i think unfortunately the geographic uh, logistics of where he was playing from the visa requirements and getting him you know into a stable ping environment uh, was just too hard for the organization to work with so unfortunately uh, we did not see him return um, but it sounds like and everything i've looked at looks like frd could slot nicely into that role moving on from there uh, we have fire, and I'll get back into the article here. Sorry, that was a little bit of my own speculation. When it comes to fire, he's a new—he's a newer player to the league. He played for Team Envy until the start of 2020 and joined the Atlanta Reign afterwards. However, his playtime was also limited, and the Reign saw fit to release both players over this past offseason. Um, obviously, they don't talk too much about fire there, and I don't know too much about fire. But hey. Two Atlanta players, not necessarily a bad thing. Um, you know, hopefully they had some team synergy there, and hopefully they can bring some of that to the Vancouver Titans organization, where obviously we saw three of those players um, that started with the team sort of after the team imploded early on in the past season and everything. Um, those three being Logix, Shredlock, and Rolf. Of course, they had some team synergy having played together before. So now hopefully, you know, you've got a crew of three and two can kind of tie and work together to... Uh, build on those bonds even more. Um, now, back to the article again. Uh, the tale of Linkser is much more interesting. A, two, a true veteran in the league, Linkser has been a mainstay of the Houston Outlaws until this past offseason. The Finnish phenomenon, uh, Phenom, sorry, tore up the league on his Widowmaker, but also was known for his inconsistency. It has improved over the last season over the seasons he's played, but the Outlaws saw fit to release him this offseason. Even winning the Widowmaker 1v1 tournament in All-Stars didn't keep him from the release. Considering every player who has won that tournament didn't stay with their team, it wasn't a big surprise. Now, that's obviously a little bit of just, you know, whatever, speculation. But um, I wanted to bring that up because 
Linkser, I think, definitely was a bit of a fan favorite on the Houston Outlaws, and certainly, uh, definitely a cracked player when it comes to the Widowmaker and a few, uh, a lot of the hit scan roles. So, should be interesting to see how he works with the team and everything, how he slots in, especially being from what I saw, um, Dalton and him in a lot of ways kind of fill that same role. Um, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, they're both hit scan players. Um, and you know, I've, I'm I'm just maybe a little bit confused by that. Um, you know, looking at the roster right now, we have Dalton on DPS, we have Linkser on DPS, and that's it. So currently, the team—I mean, that's it for the DPS side of things. Currently, the team does now have six players, but I believe the league minimum is actually seven. So come January, whatever the deadline is in January, I think it's like the sixth or the ninth or something like that. Uh, we will certainly know our seventh player, and I would assume that's probably going to be the last uh, signing that we get for this roster, just again, being that, you know, they're a, they're a bottom team at this point. They have a lot to prove, um, so certainly they're not, uh, not going to be signing 12 players like the San Francisco Shock are. So that was the exciting news for the day uh, coming out of Vancouver and coming from a Vancouver Titans fan. So... Certainly an exciting one there. Moving on from there, the final story I have here reads a little something like this. And this time I am reading from thegamehouse.com. This time by Brian Rockwood. San Francisco Shock add more firepower and sign DPS Glister. San Francisco Shock are gearing up for another championship run. After recently signing Flex DPS Nero. The Shock are adding one more all-star to their dominant, already dominant roster. On Tuesday, December 1, the San Francisco Shock announced the signing of former London Spitfire hit scan player Glister. Link embedded, or tweet embedded. The addition of Glister comes as a massive surprise to the Overwatch League fans. Many followers of the league assume the signing of Nero signified the end of the Shock's roster announcements. However, it appears as though Glister's delayed free agency prompted San Francisco to reach out to the DPS stud and get him on the roster as soon as possible. Glister now joins the team, uh, now joins the team that now currently has five damage dealers waiting in the wings. So again, this is what I was talking about when we talked about Nero. They now have five damage players, which is, uh, in a lot of ways, I would go as far as to say unprecedented. Um, I don't think there are any other teams with that many players in the damage role. Obviously, if you've got five five players on damage, I mean, if this were, uh, uh, what's it called, uh, No Limits uh, competitive Overwatch, you could build a team out of almost just that, right? You're only one player short. Maybe you slot in FD God or you slot in Twilight or probably Violet on that that roster and hey you've got a pretty sick team right there that's actually something I would love to see now that I now that I think about it um you know five DPS and one healer on the shock see see what they can do against any other team really that'd be that'd be kind of fun but I digress um just something very interesting and uh also obviously exciting for any fans of the San Francisco Shock, but almost, you know, to an extent, exciting for fans of uh, what the London Spitfire looked like this past season, and certainly exciting for fans of Glister. So I'm sure he's happy as well. Now, if I'm not mistaken, I'm going to check my notes one more time here. It looks like that is all the uh, movement in the league that we've seen up to the time of recording. I'm looking at things just to see if there's anything I missed, and I think that's all I've heard about. 
If I did miss anything, of course, reach out to me, Twitter, at SirDRJM, and I'd be happy to cover whatever I missed. Um, I might not know a ton about it. I might not be the most informed about it. But if you shout it out to me, I will certainly look into it and bring it up if I so feel uh, that I should. Which, honestly, I try to cover as many as much movement and as many announcements as possible just to kind of at least give everyone a shout out. Um, you know, obviously I'm no expert on everything, uh, but I'm happy to, uh, happy to bring it up and try to... Uh, shed some light that may not otherwise have been shed. But that's it for the Owl Trade Tracker. Uh, we have to get this thing moving again. And with that, that actually brings us to the end of today's show. Um, so as I mentioned, I mean, there was next to no news outside of, uh, you know, trades and movement in the league. So that's why I kind of changed up the format this, this past episode. Um, I actually kind of liked the flow a lot. It definitely makes the owl tracker go a little bit faster, but even still, it also allows me to, uh, talk a little bit more at least about some of the things that weren't necessarily reported on with a full fledged article, at least from what I find. So, um, I think I'll probably do that going forward just because it, it, like I say, it bulks up the news section and it allows me to talk a little bit more freely about some of these things without getting so off track of the, uh, the actual just straight up trade tracker. So hopefully you liked it. I certainly liked it. Um, if you know, if you have any suggestions or if you didn't like it or anything like that, uh, reach out to me on Twitter at SirDRJM and I'll be happy to, uh, take into consideration your thoughts. So that was episode 27 of One Man Watchpoint and Overwatch podcast. A little bit of a shorter episode this week, but that's fine as not a lot is uh, happening right now. I'm hoping next week we will be able to talk about the um, uh, Overwatch Holiday 2020 event, which by my calculation, by speculation on the internet, should be starting next Tuesday. So I suspect we'll hear about it probably uh, December 7th, but uh, nothing as of today, which is Tuesday the 1st. So without further ado, um, let's get out of here. You can find this podcast on all your favorite podcast services, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, etc., etc. Uh, leave me a review and I'll read it out on the show, assuming I like it and I don't feel personally attacked. Um, and of course, follow me at SirDRJM. Um, I, there is an account for the Overwatch, uh, sorry, for One Man Watchpoint, but of course, I mostly am on uh, my own account there. So, without uh, anything else to say, I sign off tonight with a farewell. I bid you adieu, um, and hopefully you enjoyed what you heard here, and uh, you'll, you know, like, subscribe, share, all that fun stuff. See you later. <laughs>